Welcome to today's edition of the John Papaloni Show podcast. Today I am interviewing Andrea Mason, and it's going to be a great episode. I am really excited to hear her story. Let's bring her in. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you are. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Like, so I usually like to start off every show with a uh, brief biography of uh, who you are, what you do now, and how you got there. Absolutely. So yes. Hello, everyone. Again, my name is Andrea Mason, and I started out in the war-torn drug zone era at its prime during Colombia, during the cartel. See, I was adopted. My parents were not able to care for themselves, let alone care for me. So they put me up for adoption for a better life and to the promised land of America. And there I arrived at 11 pounds at 11 months old. Imagine that. That's a pound per month. And I was welcomed with open arms in a loving, unconditional, healthy and wealthy family in the Americas. And it was amazing. I still remember my parents telling me at the age of seven, Andrea, you are our gift. You are our treasure. But unbeknownst to me, years later, did I realize it was a tragedy. See, at the age of seven, when you are told you're adopted and you're a gift to your parents, it's great. But you know kids, they can be cruel. I didn't fit in, I didn't look like my parents, act like my parents, or sound like my parents. And I used to get bullied. I got picked on. I got thrown into trash cans and lockers because I didn't fit in. But I did everything out in my ounce and my power to prevail. I found two amazing outlets of music and athletics where I can excel and be who I am. And going forward, I committed my industry careers of social work and psychology. Social work to understand the cultural diversities of what, who, and how people's lifestyles come to be, and the science behind every time psychology. I've dedicated over two decades of my life. And then after doing so, I entered into the medical holistic and wellness fields to get the spiritual component, the natural component of why we do what we do and what can we do to empower ourselves. But in 2020, the world shut down. And at that moment, I had to take a leap of faith. I remember scrolling through the social media feed and I heard this. Are you going through it or are you growing through it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's what allowed me to enroll in Mr. Brown. Mr. Les Brown, the legendary motivational speakers academy, where I excelled and graduated. And here before you today, I took all my triumphs, tragedies, traumas, and losses and lessons. And now am a global voice, having spoken on every single continent as a motivational speaker, coach, and mentor to bring you what I like to say, my life transfer informational journey called Press Play, Plan Life According to You. I am so grateful to be here and I want you to understand and believe whatever you put your mind to, you can accomplish. And in my experience, follow your heart and not the herd nor the hurt for success 
and happiness are on the other side. That's awesome. That was quite an introduction. Yes, absolutely. I just find that in order for individuals such as yourself and myself, it's good to paint a picture, to paint a foundation, to learn that it's, as Mr. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone says, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's the perspective of life. It's the gifts, skills, and talents that you learn from. So when I do an introduction, it's not like any other because I take you through the chapters to say it wasn't always pretty. But if you keep on going and you keep on persevering based on your perspective, you can achieve progress. For sure. Now, see, I, I saw that you had, um, you know, Les Brown in your uh, intro there and all that. I mean, I've recently discovered who he was. I mean, it, it was, um, I mean, because I didn't, I don't know, for a while I didn't, like, I'm usually into, per, you know, personal development. So you'd think I would have heard of him before, but it was not right. until uh, COVID hit that I realized who he was. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that uh, speech where he's talking about uh, being hungry and yes. uh, like, yeah, that was like his infamous speech. And uh, wow. I mean, talk about a guy with a lot of energy. Yes, absolutely. So, and I just met him this past summer and his energy reigns true still at his age young. He's, he's an amazing gentleman. Which is awesome. I mean, how did you come across him? Like, So, yes. Yeah, so... In 2015, a lot of uh, turmoil and tragedy was going on of loss of our families and, you know, just the, the dynamics of the world at that time. And I said, you know what? My family and I decided we wanted to change our lifestyle. We didn't want to be manipulated, influenced of things that we didn't feel comfortable doing. So we unplugged from TV, unplugged from radio and anything that we had put into our minds, our bodies, our soul was of our doing. And in 2015, we started listening to Mr. Brown along with other greats, such as the late great Mr. Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, and Wayne Dyer, and Ray Lewis, and Eric Thomas, all the greats. And that's what has allowed us to shift our paradigm, to shift our mindset that it doesn't have to be difficult. We just have to take it one step at a time. And that's what I've done. Right. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, you know, like, mm -hmm. but let me ask you, okay, so you were adopted, obviously. That's what Correct. you said. Um, now, with that being said, mm -hmm. you know, like, were you, like, like, I'm, I'm assuming that was when you were a baby. Yes, I was 11 months old at 11 pounds. So I was just a little child that came here from from Colombia. Yes. Right. So pretty much, you know, that, that that's like real culture you really know of. You know what I mean? Like, right. Not like you knew what Colombia was like and then. Right. You know, you know the history because I'm obviously you were told and you're, you're mm -hmm. doing your own research, but you weren't physically there. Right, that right. That makes sense. Okay, no, I was just getting a clear perspective on that. Yes, and it's it's actually interesting because as I was studying psychology, the first seven months of your life is based on nature and whatever is in your environment, your you know surroundings, whether regardless if you're cognizant or not, those kind of 
adapt and adopt into your subconscious and mindset that you may not recall. And what's funny about that, John, is not to not until recently, I, I always feared terrible, we were speaking about the weather earlier on, rainstorms and thunderstorms and lightning storms. And I didn't understand. I just thought it was, you know, a child being fearful of rainstorms until it was brought to my attention. If you think of the analogy between a severe thundering lightning storm with sounds, flashing lights, and, and chaos, that attributes and is parallel to the cartel, the, 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 the war that was going on over there. And, and, that, and it kind of put a connection to what made me fearful into almost a fetal position trembling, even to this day when I hear those storms. Yeah, I was not expecting that. That's yes. Wow. Yes. So, with that being said, I mean, like, I, I think, like you were saying, a lot of people get bullied, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you're, yes. you know, you're growing up a little bit different than the people that you're surrounded by, right? Um, obviously, that does an emotional thing to everybody. Sure. Um, yes. And like, you know what, everyone wants that straight up or straight down experience. They all think it's like, you know, I'm just going to find my way and it's going to be like this. Right. You know, straight up. And reality is it's a wave. Life is mm -hmm. up and down and around and about and things happen to change all the time. And then, you know, it's all about adapting and growing within. Like you're growing or dying. You're never right. really staying the same. Like right. I think the biggest enemy in life is comfort. So. I'm so glad you touched on that, John, because we are creatures of comfort and being a victim of abuse of sexual, physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental from my peers. And then the bullying of my younger peers, you know, I, I remember there were times that I had to, to be safe. I would have my lunch in, in the bathroom stalls just to escape the toxicity of the children in the class for bullying because I was different. I was a petite step stature. I had different, different characteristics. And what I like to call when I was growing up was in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Everybody knew each other's name, looked alike, looked the same, had similar you know, parents of the same industry and so forth. And here you, here I'm coming in completely different. So it was an adjustment. And to pick um, back up where you had mentioned being bullying is, is difficult. It is a roller coaster of life. And it is what, what has helped me, as you say, thrive through life is Achieving personal freedom through the healing power of forgiveness. I had to forgive so many people, John. It was so difficult. I mean, this was just, you know, over the recent couple of years. But you don't realize, you know, I make this analogy, if you will. Each and every one of us, somewhere at some point in some time in our life, is a name on a therapeutic couch someone we've lost, someone who's hurt us, someone we've loved, or someone that we miss. And the most important thing is, I'm reminded of a quote of Louis B. Smeads. 
to forgive is not only, a, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but to forgive is not only setting the prisoner free, but only realizing that the prisoner is you. Because think about it. People bull, get bullied all the time, but they go about their day. It's the individuals that receive it that it's just suppressed and suppressed and living with that every single moment that they interact with that individual or they go into that environment. Now, here's the thing, right? Like, and it might have been different from you because let's be honest, mm-hmm. my face, <clears throat> I kind of fit in that persona of everybody looking alike. Right. So my experience <laughs> around it might be a little bit different than yours. Right. But I found from you know, my own observation, a lot of times the people who are bullying are bullying because of a uh, traumatic experience or an emotional experience they have within themselves and they're projecting it on somebody else for whatever reason it, it, that they feel that they need to. Wow, John, you're the first person that has nailed it right on the head and I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's what it is. We don't understand what that individual is going through at that time or what they've gone through. And this is what I've learned, but also allowed me to hang my hat up after a certain period of time working in the mental health industry. See, we have a persona or a perspective about someone, never judge a book by its cover, right? But we don't understand the backstory. And when we get hurt by individuals, we play the name blame game. We say that maybe we deserve it of it. Maybe we've done something to deserve it. And what I had adopted in my mental health practice was to look at the individual as us, because that's who they are. It's not the stereotype, the label, the demographics, the socioeconomic status of the individual. And it was really a jagged pill for most of my advisors and supervisors to allow me to do, because they would always say, Andrea, when you go in that jail cell, that institution on the streets, in that apartment with that family member or family meeting, make sure you read their profile. And nine times out of 10, John, I'd say, I'll read it afterwards. I don't want to go in there with the preconceptive notion. That's not fair to me. And that's not fair to the individual. And that is what has excelled me and had the individuals, meaning the clients or the families, want to connect with me again because I didn't look at their rap sheet. And when we look at individuals, especially our own family, I'm going to be real, we have to understand the source. We have to understand their mood. We have to look at the intention or lack thereof knowledge that they are portraying upon us. Because once we have that clarity, it's a little bit softer punch to us. But in the end, we must really look in ourselves and not forget, because then it'll happen again, but to forgive and fall forward. Yes, I agree with you. I like that, fall forward. Yes. That, that's See, that's the thing, right? Like, <clears throat> and I hate to say it, but let's be honest. That's growing up, you know, and, and let's be clear what I'm about to say usually comes from a place of love from parents and guardians and family members. And, but what ends up happening is, in a sense, they're the ones who start to screw us up, for a lack of better description. Yes. Right? Because yes. what ends up happening is they're so worried about things going wrong, mm-hmm. and they don't want their troubles or their struggles in life to be put upon you. They want you to sort of bypass their struggles 
So, and help you along the way that way, that what ends up happening is they're putting all their fears on you. Yes. And what ends up happening is that like, uh, you know, growing up, I'm sure everybody's gone through it at some point. You, you think you have a great idea. Like, I'll give you an example. When, you, when you're young, you're told, you know, you can do anything you ever want to do as long as you put your mind to it. I, I mean, you're told that as a six-year-old, but let's be honest. What six-year-old would have ever considered that that wasn't even an option anyways? Right. right? Like, as far as they were aware until you said that. They thought, you know, if you tell that six-year-old that they can be, that they want, that six-year-old tells you they want to be Spider-Man, they're looking, literally looking for spiders to bite them so they can uh, throw out webs from their arms, right? They don't know yes. any better. So you, by a parent saying that, you've already illustrated that there's limitations. Right. Absolutely. Right? So, and again, it's all, they're doing it out of love, right? Now you come up with an idea and you, and you just share your idea. You know, when you're six, seven, eight years old, that yeah, all that's cute. And then, you know, when you when they turn around, uh, they'll grow out of it. Right. Right. Again, that's that's already impressing more negativity, more restrictions. Now, when you turn about the 13, 14, they start getting serious. And now you're in school, you're in high school. Right. And now they're like trying to get you to be more real and get into reality. Right. Absolutely. What you're, what you're doing is you're hammering down the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And they're and you're limit, putting limitations on the person. And you grow up with that, whether you're conscious of it or not. Right. So Absolutely. when you have that amongst the bullying at school, it's a hammer down. Yes. Absolutely. It's, 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 you're, you nailed it right on, right on the head, John. Absolutely. And, and the child feels conflictual. Well, who do I listen to? My, my friends who are going to be with me and they're with me in school? Or am I going to listen to my parents? And that's the one thing that my parents always have instilled in me. They really said, you know what, no matter what you do, do your best, do it right, and do what you love. Now, you take that statement, and it's really simple, right? But at the same token, what I try to inform parents, mentors, and coaches, and caregivers, we are their first set of eyes, ears, and mouth that they look up to where they're heroes, their role models, their bad behaviors, everything they absorb. And what I really want to reiterate to everyone listening, don't let your dreams become your children's dreams. Don't let your fears, as John said, become your fear children's fears. Sit down beside them at any age. Have a conversation with them, with them. Allow them to create a vision of what their life looks like. Then do the research. Then do what we did. Let them do an internship, an apprenticeship to see what a day in the life is of what they want to do. Learn about investment, not so much for the money, but for their time, for their work ethic and then swap beside them upon the dream. Don't lead, it's not your life. Don't guide for they may, you might guide them out of their comfort zone. Be authoritative, be nurturing, but walk beside them. That's how success really happens. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing, because if you notice, a lot of times when you're <clears throat> an entrepreneur, it ends up being, you know, the family was an entrepreneur, then the kids become an entrepreneur, then, right. you know what I mean? It tends to be almost like a repeat pattern. 
And right. I don't think it's because you're born to be the entrepreneur. I think right. what happens is, is you become a product of what you're surrounded by. Absolutely. And Absolutely. because they're surrounded by entrepreneurs, that's the life they know. For, right. for, for, non, for, for a person growing up into an entrepreneurship family, mm-hmm. going to the nine to five is the foreign object. Not, Correct. You know, not, not doing things for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't mean just because somebody's from an entrepreneurship family, it does not mean that they won't go doing a nine to five because some of them do. And some of them are very happy because you could be the person who does the nine to five because you come from the entrepreneurship family. Mm -hmm. Or you could be the person who would never consider it because you came from the night. You know what I mean? Absolutely. To each his own. Everybody has their own different, you know, thread that they, they weave. Absolutely. Exactly. So, and that's the thing, but like, yeah, a lot of times, you know, it's sort of the trend continues because the entrepreneur family has learned that it's riskier to not do it on your own. Correct. Correct. So with that being said, I mean, like, I'm sure, you know, when you're in school, you didn't, uh, you know, at eight years old or nine years old, you didn't think, hmm. When I turn 30 or when I turn 20, I'm going to be a coach. (laughs) No, actually, no, I didn't. It was in eighth grade after my, so funny you mentioned that. So like I had mentioned, I was a victim of abuse. So when my parents wanted me to talk to someone, I took it upon myself. I will try it. And I met with someone and I connected with them and we had a conversation about what I was feeling. What was happening? What was going on in my mind? What was going on in my surroundings? And I shared, you know, my my feed. And their response was kind of analytical. Okay, let's assess what Andrea said. Let's put it in professional or understanding terms of a whether it be a condition, an incident, or an occurrence. And let's kind of reword her words in technical terms so she can understand what's going on. But you know what, John? They didn't tell me how. They didn't tell me what I was feeling, how to handle it, how to deal with the thoughts, how to deal with feeling, was this my fault? Did I deserve this? Should I be feeling this way? What about my fears? What about the tears? All they said was, this is what's going on. We look forward to seeing you. Don't forget to drop the check off before you leave. And at that point, John, I decided I was going in those industries for over two decades plus in the mental health realm of social work and psychology to change and shift that perspective if not a little bit, every department I've worked for. Because it's one thing to have emotions and with the way with the society and influences and life today, we suppress them. Who's asking the questions? John, how are you feeling? How's your family? How are you doing today? These are the questions that are lost today because we have to go, 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 go. We have casks. We have to feed the kids. We have to pay the bills. We have to make sure the car has gas and we have to make sure we meet our deadlines. 
when do we have time? Especially now in a two-dimensional world to truly sit down with someone, whether it just be to breathe, to have a talk, or brace yourselves to have a discussion about your emotions. And that's when I changed my gears. So, wow. So you said it started off at a young age for you. Absolutely. Around, yeah, around middle school when everything was going on with the bullying and the abuse, I was just like, okay, when I sought help and it wasn't received welcome to really have a solution to the problem, that's when I said, I'm going to go to in this arena and learn what it, what I have to do, whatever it takes to provide that for another. That's incredible, right? Because a lot of times, a lot of times we all start off in paths that really don't take us to where we want to go. And we kind of sort of learn to get there. We kind of had that path from the get-go. You may not have had the path to get there, but you had the thought to get there. So that's a pretty good start. That's actually really good. Yeah. I mean, good for you for being self-aware. I mean, that's really what it shows. Thank you. It's not easy, you know, but we need that moment to increase our self-awareness. We are so busy, especially as caregivers, parents, coaches, and mentors, taking care of everybody else. When do we take a moment to stop and reflect and say, wait a minute, excuse me, am I at my best? You know, it's that analogy way back when, and it's kind of no pun intended nowadays. Let me put my mask on first before helping others. You know. Well, people forget that. Everybody thinks, yeah. oh, you know, like you got to help other people first. Well, it doesn't work that way because, <laughs> right. you know, let's be honest. Yeah. It goes back to the whole plane, uh, you know, scenario. Mm-hmm. Well, a mask come down, chances are, yeah, you want to put it on your kid because you want to save your kid. But right. what ends up happening is if you don't get it on the first time around or anything changes and moves, you'll pass out and right. neither of you will get it. Absolutely. 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 You can't help, you know, and, and another example would be, you know, when you're driving down the road and you look and there's a car just parked there and somebody's just sitting there, you notice that people keep driving. Yes. But when you yes. see someone changing a tire, or pushing the car to go on the side of the road, you notice there's always somebody helping them. Right. Okay. And what it comes down to is people won't help someone who won't help themselves. Right. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely agree. Now, again, like everybody, like getting into the space, I mean, it was, I'm sure it was no picnic. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the fact that all the bad that you went through is what mm-hmm. led you to that. I mean, mm-hmm. take that part out. Right. And where I'm going with this, the question is, what was the hardest part of your journey so far? The hardest part of the journey so far, and to this very second, is being an in, a woman of integrity. It is so powerful, but the expectations of others are disappointing each time. Because you're doing the right thing. You're, you're wanting to help people. You, you're, you're being authentic. You're being honest. You're being true. You're the person that the individual knows their word is their bond. They show up when they can. And if they aren't able to show up, 
out of respect and due diligence, they will allow and permit a certain amount of time or outsource or provide a resource in substitution for themselves. And when you live that life, you have the notion that everybody else is doing the same. So when you ask for help, when you become vulnerable, when you look for guidance, all you hear is crickets. And that's been the most painful part of this journey thus far, even before becoming the global voice and doing motivational speaking, is having the notion thinking that everybody is like you thinks like you, lives through their heart like you, going to do the right thing like you. How many times you walk through life and you're doing everything, dotting your I's and crossing your T's, but somebody else is flying by and you're just like, as Mr. Brown's video says, I'm just trying to help my family. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Why me? Why is it so hard for me? to get where I need to be. But I had a conversation with someone the other day and I said, you know what? There's two kinds of people. There's people who receive a silver platter due to their lineage, their upbringing or what have you. Then there's people that have to work 10 times harder just to get by. And depending on their perspective, their integrity and who they are. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be the one working for everything I've done because I know I've put my time, effort, sacrifice, and love in everything that I've done and nobody can take that away. Very good point there. That is true. <clears throat> so, which brings up the other side of the question, mm -hmm. which is that I think everybody goes through life looking for themselves, finding things, and mm -hmm. they all have that, what I call the aha moment. Yes. Where they're, you know, they just sort of discover that they're where they are meant to be. You know, everything they've worked for, everything they wanted, like they're right on the path now. It's like, aha, I figured it out. And mm -hmm. I, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm finally here and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. What was that moment for you? Or have you even had it yet? Yes, I did have that moment. And if I may, I'll share a little bit of it. So I was very, very, very close with my mother. She was my best friend. I told her everything where she was like, Andrea, I'm, I'm your mother. I'm not your friend. To make a long story short, she fell ill. And we had... Uh, celebrated her and my father's birthday in a two-week span, as they're two weeks apart. And, you know, she wasn't able to attend her own surprise party, but she showed up. I called my father and told him, where are you? We have everybody here. And only to come to find out less than 48 hours later, she had crossed over. And I kind of went numb, to be honest, for the next couple, two, two years. I decided that I wasn't going to associate with anybody. I kind of distanced myself to um, a respectful distance from my family, my immediate family. And then six years later, or was it um, 
2007, pardon me, 2016, in February, I was getting ready to work, workaholic in the industries, helping everybody else. And I ended up traveling to work and I had difficulty breathing. And I was just like, that's interesting. So I went to the office early and I reached out for my inhaler because I had exercise-induced asthma, utilized it. Next thing I know, I was in the hospital. They had ran a series of tests, couldn't find anything, sent me home that evening. Only to be called in to come back that morning. Andrea, we found someone we asked you to come back. I said, I'm on my way to school and I'm on my way to work. My family's taken care of. I don't have anybody to drive me. I said, please, it's it's a request. Who's going to go against doctors, right? So I went there and they said we had diagnosed, we forgot an oversight diagnosed you with myasthenia gravis. For those of you who don't know, that's a terminal deadly condition of the autoimmune system. I woke up in the IC unit for over a week, unable to use my limbs or breathe at my own will, let alone hold down food. I was hooked up to machines. And this is the late, great Mr. Proctor that I'm so forever grateful for. As I began my journey of understanding and living life on my terms, I'm reminded of the secret Pardon me, the spoiler. There's a medical excerpt in The Secret, the movie. can be found on Netflix. And um, so I applied that. And, John, it was that moment. I went to sleep that evening. applied what I've learned. The next morning, the treatment team says, we don't know what's going on. If you are unable to hold down food and breathe and use your limbs, your will stay until further notice. That morning, draped my feet over the bed, jumped down, walked to the nurse's station and back, able to sustain food, got my tests all back up, and I was discharged. Our son was picked up, and he said it was like Christmas. Mom, I pray that you come home, and I'm grateful you're here. And that, John, was my aha moment, that mind over matter matters most. And that's what allowed me to be my calling today to that's empower everyone. Theory. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, especially, you know, saying, you know, like, wow, I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, 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 it was an aha moment because I didn't know what was in door. And when you're told, hey, Something's gonna, you know, your 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 life now is limited. It's just, you know. So yeah. that was my aha moment. But is this still the case? Like, is your life really limited? It was at the time because the elevation and the levels. I had pre-existing conditions of osteopenia, rheumatoid arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, fibromyalgia. Uh, you know. Um, was exercise-induced asthma. So I was on a myriad of different medications and not doing well. So to add this on top of it, that my autoimmune system was now damaged and compromised, and it, it, you know, it was to be determined. I was on machines for an entire week. And then when I remembered that phone call with my husband that evening and we recalled about, <clears throat> pardon me, about Proctor's segment, it was just, it was just amazing. And knock on wood, (laughs) 
here I am, you know, um, five years later, clean bill of health, living life, living my dream. Wow. I mean, good for you. That is really yes. good. Yes. So, uh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but yeah, like, uh, you know, it's good because you know what? That could have, uh, we're going to say that could have, you know, basically held people back, right? Yes. Some people, you know, they fall victim to stuff like that. Absolutely. And it ends up being, you know, the crutch instead of the booster. Absolutely. And it was difficult for me because when I was able to have clarity, I was like, oh, my goodness, all of the pre-existing conditions were self-induced because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't dealing with the emotions. I wasn't dealing with the mental, you know, thoughts in my mind and really having powerful and, and you know, uh, effective communication skills with my family and friends, you know, and all of that suppresses you. If you don't face your past, your past will continue to chase it, chase you. And if you aren't able to have clear, concrete idea of what's going on on the daily moment on every realm, it can consume you. The universe and the creator be like, all right, you're not taking care of yourself. We warned you. Now we're going to tap you out for a minute to wake you up, to say, look, this is what's going on. You need to take control. Because like you had mentioned, John, earlier in this segment, our when we are younger, our story is told to us. But the question that you asked, the aha moment, when is your aha moment to take the pen in your own hands and starting writing your story? You're right. Everything, you know, and I believe everybody goes there and everybody has yeah. that catalyst that uh, thrusts them to their uh, next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. another thing you have, your story points out yeah. is a saying that you are what you focus on. Yes. Because again, you had two options. Right. All the problems or the opportunity. You chose the opportunity. Yes. You focused on the opportunity. Yes. And it's not easy. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to people. It's not easy. You know, it's easier to believe the hard stuff because that's all you've lived. That's all you've known. But it takes work to do the positives, to be to create those opportunities. But you have to ask yourself in the mirror every single morning, am I going to do whatever it takes? You have a choice to be happy. Every single second of your life, you can make a choice to go left, right, up, down, in or out. And sometimes we forget that because we have the barriers, the blockages, our ego, our subconscious that prevents us from seeing beyond the horizon. And I'm just asking you, take three seconds, take a deep breath, smile, put your hand over your heart and says, what do I want? Don't worry about the how. Just know what it is. Because as Mr. Bob Proctor says, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. I like that one too. Yes. Another quote I have, uh, Jim Rohn, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. I love that one. His voice is adorable. I love, <laughs> But I love that one. Don't, yes, absolutely. It's, those are all the greats, all the greats that I've listened to. And, and it really... It really puts a 
perspective on what you listen to. You know, I, I have family members that just watch the news 24-7 as background. And I'm like, there's a reason why it's called morning news. It's not morning of the sun. It's M-O-U-R, morning of all the tragedies and tribulations. And one of the things I've learned on this journey from speaking on continent to continent is we're all created by the same creator. We all have a book of life. It's just some of us have different chapters, some longer than others. But we all want the same thing. We That's want true. to be loved and we want to love. Which makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, like it, it is amazing the things we learn in life and it's mm -hmm. just incredible what we can absorb. Now it goes oh, back yeah. to going to what you're saying with the news and stuff. <clears throat> Like if you notice that people are a creature of habit and you mm -hmm. notice when you hear certain things from certain people, it, mm -hmm. you find similarities in different people. Right. 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 And, I, and we'll start off with the news as an example. Right. right. Like you ask a person, you know, you can ask them even at two in the afternoon saying, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of like yesterday, you know, how rough it is and whatever. And you're sitting there going like, it doesn't feel that rough, right? Right. But you right. think about it. How did they start the day? They get up after not, you know, get up, having to get ready to go to a job they don't want mm -hmm. um, to pay the bills they don't really have to pay. And mm -hmm. they start off with the news is telling them how somebody got bombed, somebody got shot, another person got uh, COVID, another person got something else and whatever. And that's how they start their day. Well, Absolutely. you've already started with the blah. How do you expect the rest of the day is going to go? Right. And it's so crazy. People look at me like, Andre, how do you not, you're, you're a global voice. How do you not be up to what's going on? And my response, I hear it from the people that are living in that country that I connect with. Because that's the real stuff. That's the real topics. Those are the real news. Not this fabricated or skewed perspective of what things are or should be viewed as. You know? For sure. For sure. Now, look. You're listening to all the uh, great personal development people. Now, mm -hmm. most people get into the car. What do they listen to? What do they tune into? It's usually going to be news. talk radio, which is going to be the news and bad right. and whatever. You know, the right. world is ending. Um, yeah. Or it's going to be music, which is great. I can get it. Some people, you know, they uh, set their minds free to music. But that can only take you so far. Right. And then Absolutely. you have those who want to grow. And if you ask those who are growing... Mm -hmm. Majority of them are going to stay when they're in the car driving from one location to the other. They listen to podcasts. Yes, absolutely. Right? So, absolutely. Uh, again, all the personal development people you mentioned are all people I know, all people I've listened to. Why? Yes. Because the message is clear. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it is great. You know, like, yes. again, it's just like the cliche you are what you eat, you are what you listen to, you are what you watch. You attribute and align yourself like-minded individuals and when we have that quality that awareness and that strength always be the weakest link because you always have room for growth that's right if you're the smartest guy in the room there's nothing left to do exactly absolutely so, now another famous quote not that i want the podcast to be all about quotes i'm just <laughs> giving an example right it was from somebody i did not know like it's a wrestler mark mm -hmm. merrill and i'd never knew who this guy was until like maybe two and a half years ago, right? Mm -hmm. I said one line that really stuck with me, and it is so true. 
Doesn't I don't need to know your story. I don't need to know anything you have to tell me. Just show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Wow. Well, you didn't say the I don't need to know part, but it's, a, it's the true part, right? Yeah. Like If you show me your friends, I'll tell you who you are. Right. Because you are a sum of the five people you hang out with. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's why I had to shift gears. That's why my parents chose a different path in high school. They took, took me to private school. Because the crew I was hanging around with was just toxic. They didn't care about each other. They didn't care about themselves. And either they became bullies or they just became rebellious, you know. True. Now, with everything that's said, I mean, obviously you're on mm -hmm. your path now. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure you're ecstatic about it. And it's obviously mm -hmm. doing, you know, well. Yes. What is your schedule like like take us through you know your typical day absolutely so i am a mother and a wife so i get up around 5 5 30 in the morning get everybody going get everybody ready for work and for school then i usually do my routine i usually like i said invest in myself whether that be meditation yoga I always make it a point to try to get outside into the elements, brave the cold, even when it is cold, and just collect myself. Because through meditation, you put your mind at ease. Through yoga, you're expanding your mind and your body. And through the elements of nature, you're being connected and grounded with the world. And then usually I start preparing for my day, getting everything I need in order, and whether my day is consumed with podcasts, TV, radio interviews, as well as the individuals that I'm connecting with that help achieve them, personal freedom through the healing power of forgiveness, or we're working on areas of goals that they want to acquire. And we have conversations. I usually, usually probably keep most weekends for my family, for they are busy individuals. Because you have to break and have that balance. Life is about balance. It's not multitasking that society has portrayed. You could do six million things in one time. Balance yourself out. I have helped so many people buy back 40 hours plus in one month just dedicated to themselves. So I start my day with grounding myself by taking care of me before I get out of bed, being gratitude attitude and put attention into the day. I get my family ready for their day out the door. Then I come back and collect myself, get myself rooted with nature, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Then I start my day with my calendar of events. And then the same bookends is being grateful because that's what it's about, celebrating the wins when you're doing achievements, goals, and events, that allows to remind you you're on your right path, remind you and hold you accountable and responsible for all the great achievements, even if they're small. Because when you look at the big picture, if you just focus on the big picture, whether you're trying to achieve it or working towards it, you miss out all of the presence within that is of your presence. Yeah, I love that. Yes. See, I wanted to touch a point 
on something you said before, I mean, how you learned forgiveness and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's kind of very important. Absolutely. Because I'll be honest, I grew up with a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. And not that I would change that because it's made me who I am today. But I'm actually probably one of the few stories that you'll hear where I actually thrived because of my anger, mm -hmm. right? And because I guess I'm a very aggressive person. Mm -hmm. So when I'm, what happens is when I get put down and I get pushed down, I become determined. Mm -hmm. And when I become determined, that fury makes me do something just because. Now right. I want to do it even more than when I started. Right. So that was sort of my uh, fuel. Like that was the gas yes. on, our, uh, on the fire. And right. so in that way, that anger and that resentment and everything that built is what fueled me. But where the key point is, mm -hmm. emotion, attitude. <clears throat> Absolutely. Now, a lot of times people define success through money. Mm. the reality is you've heard the guy who's made millions of dollars and he's miserable as can be okay. once upon a time I resembled that mm. I've been in times where I've been broke and happy I've been loaded and miserable Right. I've been on both sides of the fence right. and more than once now, what's the mm -hmm. common element? On the broke side, when I'm happy, I have no fury. Mm -hmm. So I have that calm, you know, pleasant attitude where I'm looking forward and I'm looking to build. I'm looking ahead and I'm looking through positive mindset, through a different mindset. When I'm in with that fury, I have one objective and that's to conquer. Right. through any means mm -hmm. with that being said when you're doing it through that anger the worst where i'm going with this is that you can sometimes turn something that you're focused on around through that fury right. but you'll never appreciate it and it'll have little meaning once you get there right. and you'll end up not you know and then you lose it because that's what happens when you get something from, from fury you don't appreciate it. You don't pay attention to it. You've lost your your, your focus once you've got it. Right. And when you focus somewhere else, what happens? Right. So, again, so the point I'm getting at is that power of forgiveness mm -hmm. is very key to everything because that allows you to move forward. You can still mm -hmm. grow, but grow in the right mindset and grow with the gratitude, because that's where I am today, is gratitude. Absolutely. Right? And when you learn to forgive and let go, mm -hmm. you appreciate things more, and you learn to, like you said, nurture it, mm -hmm. so it grows bigger than it's ever grown. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now the other key thing I want to say, the last part of it, when you don't forgive something, and you do hold on to that anger, and you do hold on to that resentment, you're not hurting them. They don't even know you're angry. Absolutely. You're hurting yourself. And what happens? It consumes you. Yeah, you get consumed. You'll drink too much. You'll eat too much. You'll end up needing the gym. 
I mean, you should go to the gym just because for health reasons, but you'll need it because of the bad habits. What ends up happening, you spend all this time with all these bad habits that you destroy your health, and then you spend the next half trying to fix the health that you had before because you destroyed it. Absolutely. Right? So you, it's self-destruction. That's what it brings. Yes. And when you forgive, healing begins, and you move forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with that being said, when a person starts to work with you, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What's the process? It's all what they choose. I'm not like a village coach. I don't dictate. I don't lecture. I don't give exercises. We have a conversation. I listen. I learn. And I love. I like to make the analogy like I am a caregiver, parent, or guardian teaching a child how to ride their bike. They have the path in front of them. I'm just there to hold the seat and if they fall to get them back up. Because I truly believe, John, if I am leading someone, I'm leading their life. If I'm guiding someone, I may put them in an area outside their comfort zone. If I let them lead and I listen, and I learn, then I'm walking right beside them on every step of the way. Very good. Now, yeah. I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm just going to sure. uh, get into uh, quite, uh, like one or two more questions, and then I'm going to go Perfect. into what I call the lightning round, which is just a little bit of fun. <laughs> okay, cool. Excellent. So one question is going to be, do you have any last words of advice for any aspiring entrepreneurs, people growing up, maybe going through the same thing you went through with uh, bullying, you know, like anything. Somebody who's looking to change their life. Sure, absolutely. So just always remember this. Through the toughest times, miracles are made. Through life's trials and tribulations, triumphs are won. And when you choose to press play in life, plan life according to you, that's when you are most successful. So remember to live through your heart live a le- and build a legacy of love that outlives you within and outside of your family. Fantastic. And now the last question before the lightning round. Okay. Where do people find you if they're searching for you online? Absolutely. So, yes, I am all on social media handles of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And and as a complimentary gift to everyone watching, you can see on the screen, you can email me at am.pressplay at Yahoo to receive your complimentary gift as a token of my appreciation for a 30-minute consultation with me. Fantastic. So now getting into the lightning round, just some fun questions. I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, just personal questions that are just all for fun. Like, uh, what is your favorite type of food? Um, I guess it goes back to when I was a kid, when I came here is a, a, a nice New York strip with a side of mashed potatoes and spinach mixed together. <laughs> Quite simple. That's my dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, well, I'm coming over then. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what would be your favorite um, favorite vacation spot? Oh, 
has to be Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii with my family when my parents retired and I went there for my honeymoon. The most beautiful place, absolutely. Oh, Maui, Oahu, Kauai. Just if you haven't gone, make sure that's on your list. Absolutely. That's a good one. What would be your favorite movie or TV show? Favorite movie? Hmm, that's a good one. Wow. I would probably say, oh, hmm. Well, the running joke amongst everyone is one of my favorite movies is Dumb and Dumber. I why it's just <laughs> it's just slapstick comedy uh favorite tv show i would probably say hmm i love modern family modern fa- i haven't oh, watched it in years but just something about the characteristics i haven't seen it like i said in years but last time i saw it it was it was pretty epic it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah that was a good yes. show too now lastly but not least, what is your favorite podcast? Ooh, favorite podcast. Um, there's so many out here. But like celebrity podcast or somebody like um well, it could be anything. Tom right? Pampalona show because I love the the authenticity, and I've I've never done a lightning round, so this is quite entertaining. <laughs> so this is awesome. this is up there right now because it was always either serious or like structured. So to have something with a lightning round and to really expand, this has to take the cream of the crop for sure. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> so thank I love you, it. thank you. Yeah, I, that, I, I... that was that was really I was not prepared for that at all. Yeah, well, well, for me, anything's possible, right? Because as, you, yes. as I told you that I, I don't prep any questions. I don't have wow. any material in front of me, whatever. I'm just asking whatever my curious mind comes to. That's, that's You know what? That, that I truly admire because that's a true sign of authenticity outside of your comfort zone and just being you. And that's the best version of you you can be. So I thank you for that. That's really awesome. That's really thank awesome. You. Absolutely. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been Absolutely. an amazing experience yes. and a great conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we're able to connect. Thank you so much for understanding. And uh, to my fellow uh, Canadians up there, thank you so much for braving the storm and paving the way for the world and you know your camaraderie, bravery, and just extreme kindness is, is, is you know, emulated throughout the world and uh actually i do have a good friend who's always taught me that the most amazing word in the english language is impossible i kind of raised a brow really and uh i was taught as this individual dr nelson Balthazar, overcame the adversity of life as a son of a warrior said yes because you can look at it with an altered perspective that i'm possible so thank you so much. I, I hope to get up there someday. We'll see, you know, when the world wakes up. And thank you so much for, for having sure, me. Absolutely. Truly an honor, privilege, and, and, and honor to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. This has been the episode. And I'm hoping you 
found it extremely valuable. If you like the channel and you want to see more podcasts, subscribe with the link below.